Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with your Chicken Soup for the Soul. And today I want to share two stories that will give you some great ideas for how you can tweak your attitude and truly make every day count. Now, this is not hard. There are some really easy, quick things you can do, and they revolve around actively practicing gratitude and paying attention to what is good in your life. Over the 12 years that I've been editor-in-chief of Chicken Soup for the Soul, I've come to realize that you can't really be happy if you're not actively counting your blessings. And what's great about this is that you do not need to be born a naturally grateful person. Gratitude is a character trait that you can add on simply and easily, and it's life-changing. We talked about this in our best-selling book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Think Positive, Live Happy, which dominated the self-help bestseller list in the fall of 2019. That's the book that I co-authored with Deborah Norville that got so much media attention. It's because everyone suspects that there are indeed easy ways to become happier. And the thought of reading real-life examples from real people, examples of things that worked, is so compelling. So, Here are two examples of methods that worked for two of our writers, and we're so pleased that they shared them with our readers. Our first easy and effective method for practicing gratitude comes from Anne Morrow, and she tells us that she wasn't really into that traditional gratitude journal that you might hear people talking about. She tried it. She started keeping a gratitude journal, and she wrote down something she was grateful for every day, but she says it started to feel like an unwanted addition to her to-do list. In fact, a month after she bought her gratitude journal, she threw it out. She was already writing about her life in a journal and had been for years, and she just didn't want the burden of another daily writing assignment. But we get dozens of stories every year from people who truly love their gratitude journals and find them very effective. And that's why we have 101 stories in every book, because people are different, and what works for one person won't work for another. So Anne was not a gratitude journal person, at least initially. She says, the value of a gratitude journal didn't resonate with me, but I did continue to write in an ordinary notebook. Jotting down thoughts and ideas was part of my daily ritual. It was a therapeutic way for me to decompress, a safe place where I could contemplate the day's events and let my dreams, fears, and failures spill onto the page. Now, Anne was a big self-help reader, too. Along with journaling, she read a lot of books, listened to podcasts, and was always looking for the next big idea that would improve her life. She tried visualizing her better life, too, and she did what the books told her to do. But she found that they were making her increasingly less self-confident because she could never achieve all the lofty goals that she set for herself. And then Anne came across a collection of journals that she had accumulated over the years. And on a whim, she decided to flip through them, and as she read, 
she realized that she had met a lot of goals in the past. She had achieved a lot. And she says, the more I read, the more I realized I was witnessing a transformation. These daily scribbles were proof that I had been making progress all along, but had been so focused on the future, I was unable to live in the moment. I hadn't been celebrating the little wins because I didn't recognize them. Anne says that now she sees how all the small successes add up. She might not be able to fit into her goal of size 6 jeans, but she's stronger, happier, and fitter now than she's ever been. She might not have completely redone her kitchen, but she realized she has done a lot of updating and it looks great. She may not have published a whole book yet, but she's been published bit by bit, including in Chicken Soup for the Soul books. Now, after realizing that the little successes do count, Anne does write in a gratitude journal after all. She's redefined what success is for her, except she calls her journal her gratitude journal, one where she writes down all those little bits of progress that add up to the much happier life that she realized she is already living. She says, whether it's an essay on its way to an editor or a long walk with my dog, I'm learning nothing is too small to be celebrated. I still believe I can have it all, but I'm wise enough now to know I can't have it all at once. So that's part of the win, right? Realizing that the small successes are what counts and making note of them, whether it's in a journal, in a phone call to a friend, or in any other way that you use to acknowledge what's good in your life. There are so many ways to find your gratitude, and our Think Positive Live Happy book is full of ideas that may work for you. Here's another one from Joyce Lombardi that I think you might like. Joyce tells us that she was suffering from jealousy, jealousy for the new life her ex-husband had, and she had a lot of repair work to do on her life, her attitude, her self-confidence, her anger, and her hurt over the failure of her marriage. Joyce's mother had been divorced too, and she had never gotten over it and gotten her life back on track, so Joyce wanted to do it better. She decided that she would actively focus on joy and gratitude. And here's the list of principles that she lived by. One, she banned anything that didn't bring her joy. Two, she actively sought things that would bring her joy. Three, she worked at gratitude in general. And four, she worked on feeling gratitude toward her ex-husband. The first few months, Joyce used the joy test for everything. She'd only let people or things into her new life if they brought her joy. She bought a little house because it brought her joy. She furnished it only with things that gave her joy. When she needed to find a new job, she kept interviewing until she found one that felt like the perfect fit. She only hung out with friends who made her feel good, not ones who were eager to gossip about her ex-husband and his new girlfriends. She also actively sought to do things that would make her happy like going to a jazz festival in New Orleans, celebrating a friend's birthday in Spain, and becoming a competitive open-water swimmer. She also decided to date, but only if it included dancing. Dancing gave her joy, so her dates needed to include dancing. Joyce filled her life with joyful people, experiences, and things. And then she moved on to adding forgiveness into her life. She wasn't sure how to find forgiveness for her ex-husband, so she decided to start with gratitude. She already had filled her new life with joy, so she had plenty to be grateful for every day. But she needed to go 
back in time and be grateful for her past as well. She deliberately thought about her ex in a more positive way, reminding herself that he had supported her postgraduate education and that he had been a faithful husband. She made sure to say nice things about him to her children, which made them really happy. And she found over time that it was easier and easier to do that. After a while, all these positive ways of thinking became natural, an intrinsic part of who Joyce is. And she found that she was truly grateful, truly happy, and truly over her failed marriage. Joyce is happy now when she drops off her kids at her ex's and she sees his nice landscaping and how he's moved on in his life. She actively pursued joy, gratitude, and forgiveness. And it worked. I'm Amy Newmark. Thank you for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Chicken Soup for the Soul, think positive, live happy, visit our website, chickensoup.com, and click on the podcast button. You'll find the book there, and you'll also find links that will allow you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Google or wherever you like to get your podcasts. And that way, each new episode will be automatically downloaded into your phone. You can also follow me on Twitter, where my handle is at Amy Newmark, and I'll post links to the podcast each day there. Come back for our next episode to talk about forgiveness some more. It's such an important component to a happy life. I'm going to share two stories that will help you use the power of forgiveness, even if the person you need to forgive has already passed away. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>